This episode is brought to you by the Shop 1 in 5 Pledge. We believe that when you purchase from a small online or offline business, your dollar goes further. Hey friends, Mina and I created the Shop 1 in 5 Pledge, and we're inviting you to take it with us. It's a commitment to make one in five of your purchases from a small business online or offline. It's a way to make an impact together where and when it matters most. Because the truth is, your purchasing power matters now more than ever. Head to shop1in5.com to take the pledge. Make that commitment to shop one in five of your purchases towards a small business. We also invite you to shop the directory if you don't know where to find other small businesses. It's right there on the page. And we're asking for you to share the pledge. Imagine if each of us told three to four people about the Shop One in Five pledge. It would be an incredible and life-changing for so many small businesses. Tell your friends, your family, and your social network. It costs nothing extra and makes a world of difference. Our purchases have the ability to change lives. Okay, let's jump in. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlosita, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder. She has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, product bosses. Did you know that every Wednesday we have a live talk show called Bosses and Breakfast where we chat business, mindset, mom life, and everything in between? It's a really fun time and it feels like a conversation amongst friends. In fact, sometimes we have conversations that we don't necessarily know that they're going to lead to where they lead, but we get such an amazing reaction from our listeners and from our community and from our students that we actually wanted to bring it to you to hear today. Yes. Our favorite thing about Bosses and Breakfast is that we get to get together, we get to laugh, we get to be inspired about what's happening, and we get to check in with you and re-motivate you on why you're working so hard. So join us next time. We'd love to see you there. And here's that snippet from one of our shows that got tons of positive response where we all walked away feeling more inspired and motivated for the week. So let's jump in. I'll tell you, and we're going to work on this. Like there's conversations happening in our masterminds about this, you know, within our masterminds as people are starting to scale, because the thing that all of you are doing right now is you're going, you're either, you're either in scale or stabilize. Do you guys know the difference? Cause we can talk to you about stabilizing and scaling and then we can, and then maybe you can tell us where you are in that. So Mina, do you want to explain that? Yeah. So it's really when you're a solopreneur and we started realizing this when everybody looked at myself and Jacqueline and thought, I really want a business partner. And we we're like, no, you don't need a business partner. You just need to build support around you on whatever you're doing. And it really was about when you're a solopreneur, you're in one of two stages, right? Two zones, I should say. Not Actually, stages. I would say not even solopreneur. I would say businesses, business yeah, owners business across the board. 
Mm-hmm. And this is this is for service too, probably just business owners in general. They're either in stabilize or scale, stabilize or scale. And it goes like this, like a stair step, like imagine an elliptical, you know, and you're kind of going back and forth, you as the business owner. But usually you have to focus on one, right? There is a little bit of tendency to one or the other, a little bit of a zone of genius. So for example, Jacqueline will always default to scale always, right? And I will always default to stabilize because I like to break down processes. And so when you're a business owner, usually like if you're stabilized or scaling, example of what you do in stabilize would be, I want to make sure I'm hiring the right people. I'm fixing my systems. I'm, what else is there? Uh, Making my brand pillars be there. All those things that are foundational to stabilize, to make sure that when opportunities come, you can scale which is the flip side. The scaling is the big opportunities, getting onto new platforms, the reaching, all these different things. And you as a business owner are doing both and building around you. Because if you can scale, you know, which everybody thinks I need more eyes, I need more visibility, then I'll make more sales. But if you get those sales, can you actually handle them? Mm -hmm. You can't if you don't have the right infrastructure, if you don't have the right systems in place. Just like if somebody were to be like, oh, I, you know had, let's give you as an example, when Cuffs Couture was in People Magazine, you know, this was, you know, obviously before when magazines were really important. She uh, just everybody knows Cuffs Couture was my accessories brand that I had. Yeah. Yeah. So Jacqueline got traffic, just like if you were featured on Good Morning America, let's pretend for all the rest of you, you know, and the traffic comes if you get those sales, but you can't fulfill the back end, you haven't stabilized your business, there's a big giant hole or you have to say no to that opportunity, right? So it's just like um, we had somebody who had to say no to a bunch of wholesalers because she didn't have her back end. She didn't have people to make her production, all that stuff. So you're doing both and it's a cycle. It's it's literally a simple cycle. Stabilize scale, stabilize scale, stabilize scale. Stabilize, Can I give an yeah. example? Um, mm, yeah. I used to work for Jamie Presley, the actress. Uh, my mm. name is Earl. She's on Mom. I was her designer for her thing. And we were a small company. We we're all 25 and under, like making this fashion brand out of LA. And um, she got a lot of press opportunities. She had was nominated for an Emmy. Did she win the Emmy? She won the Emmy. She was, but she was, but it's only focused on scaling. I bet. Well, I mean, and so what do we do? We did the Tyra Banks show. We did the View. Um, we we had like press. We were doing runway shows, and so she there was this one dress that she wore. Okay, so she wore it on she wore it on like a night show, like maybe the Tonight Show. Um, we had runway shows on the View. All these things. We started getting a lot of calls. Hey, I want that dress. Hey, I want that dress. Hey, we had to tell. We lied and said, "Oh, we're sold out." I remember we were also friends at that point. I mean, I'm going to name drop a few things here, but like Nicole Richie, <laughs> I like it. Thank you. <laughs> Back in the day, I was I was cool when I was in my 20s. Um, like it was a Nicole Richie. Chrissy Teigen was our model. It was like a whole thing. We were in like that group. So I think Nicole. I think it was Nicole Richie had a small brand, and we remember her telling us that like she never even made it, but she, so she told people she was sold out of this one product because then it. Feels like rude. She she wore oh, something no. and people wanted yeah. it, and so she's like, "I'm sold out." I was like, "Let's do what she did." So we told everyone when they called for this dress, we're like, "We're sold out. Get on the wait list." We didn't even I don't even think we had a way to yeah, get a wait list. Smart. Yeah. Did so if you ever do get their email for a wait list, I don't even. I think it might have been a phone number. No, I mean, we're talking wasn't in place exactly. Yeah, we're talking like we're talking like phone calls on a real phone in an office with writing down like notes, scratch scratch That's notes, fine. right? People yeah. get emails with writing it on that trade show. Yeah, this is like you know. close to 20 years ago. So <laughs> who knows? The internet didn't even exist. Yeah. We didn't have emails. <laughs> Nothing existed. Actually, I got my first email in when I was a senior in high school. 
That's crazy, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so what I'm saying is like, we ran, we did not even have the product to have the ROI, right? Like, why were we doing, yes, it's fun to get the press and to do the runway shows and all that. But why, if you're not going to make money at the end, if you're a product-based business? So that was a really good example of her scaling and getting us all this visibility, but not being able to have that return with the product and not even to have those systems in place when somehow we hit big. Fax me as a W Collective. Hey, Stacey. <laughs> yes, I think it might've been fax. So <laughs> can I get your fax number? I'll fax it to you. <laughs> I might still have it. So yeah, so that's a, that's a good way to say it. And so again, one of our masterminders, like she's growing like um, amazing, but she's had to turn down orders. So the stabilized part is that you're prepared for whatever that next level is. And then when you get to that next level, right, and you start to fulfill it, and you're like, this is working, there's going to be another section of stabilization you're going to have to hit before you can jump up again, right? And that's what we teach, I think, in multi-stream machine is there's a, we teach you very at the very beginning of it how to stabilize when we talk about systems on core systems. And the reason that we taught it in that way was that the four things that we taught and we teach within multi-stream machine were the the things that we saw as the biggest holes, we worked with thousands of product business owners at this point. So we're like, if they don't have this, they cannot go, they cannot get on Amazon. They cannot grow wholesale. They cannot grow their Instagram following. They cannot grow um, their own website without these systems. But there's more past that, right? Multi-stream machine is for a section of your business. We stabilize you, we scale you. And then what's yeah. next? Yeah. Right. And really when in multi-stream machine, if you want to understand how we teach, it's systems, visibility, and sales or systems, visibility, and sales is how we teach in multi-stream machine <laughs> because you need to get to a certain point before you can work on our masterminds. In our masterminds, that's when we teach you about stabilize and scale. Stabilize essentially is business development. You don't actually need to develop your business until you've gotten to a certain point. If mm-hmm. you're still side hustling it and you're really, you know, only doing it for fun or whatever, it doesn't matter as much because you you don't have the intention behind it to contribute to your household or have this income or you don't have the it's not a business to you yet. It mm-hmm. is until you move to a certain point that you're like, oh, okay, I can get to a certain point with multi-stream machine because you know I'm a small business and I work really well with do-it-yourself courses and blah, blah, blah. Then in our masterminds, that's when we're like, okay, well, these are really big decisions that you need to make of stabilizing so you can grab the opportunities. And that's where the, we see the big jumps happen of people being, being ready for opportunities. They're just ready, you know? So who feels like they're in stabilized mode and who feels like they're in scale mode? I'd love to hear it from all of you. Chicks and Charmer says, this is such a blessing. I've been stressing over one customer for literally for months. Finally recognize what this customer wants does not fit my business. Okay. That, mm-hmm. That's awesome. The sassy mommy diaries over here. Our mom diary says, I just started multi-stream machine and I'm loving it so far. It's helped a lot. I'm so excited for you. So you can do so much of this, right? A lot of you, before you even like find the product boss, you're, you're doing it. You probably don't realize you're on that stair stepper, but you're doing it and you're going to always do it. Whether you're a million dollar business, a $10 million business, whether you're a $50,000 business, there's always going to be that next level you want to grow to. But do you have those systems in place? And then mm-hmm. when you do, you'll step up and you'll be scaling and then you'll kind of go grow to a point. Revenue will come in. You'll, you'll hire more team members. You might do your brand pillars. You might even rebrand if there's like an opportunity there for you. And then you'll have to stabilize again. And then you'll be able to scale again. And it's constant. And it's fun because that's why we're yeah. in business, right? Like it's fun to watch our growth. And it is, it's just like, I was telling Mina yesterday, it's like, it's a staircase. It's this infinite staircase to God knows where, yeah, but like, 
staircase. So so many of you are stabilizing. Yeah. Oh, a lot of people are scaling too. So Mm -hmm. D, she said stabilize, but she did cryy face. Okay, everybody. I want because it seems like scale is the fun part, right? Does it seem like then I were to wear shirts and I was to be scale and she was to be stabilized? She's still really fun. Look at her, she's wearing yellow. I'm super fun. It is fun to stabilize your business. You know why? That's where you learn your numbers and you understand that all the hard work is going to a life that you want it to be, Mm -hmm. you know? And so when you start being aware of your numbers and you're confident about what you're selling and doing all those things, they go together like Jacqueline and Mina. <laughs> uh, you know, like you know, butter and jelly, that sort of thing, right? So we're almost we're like ketchup and mustard, you and I, right now. <laughs> we are. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's amazing. And so that's when it becomes fun on that side too, and you'll like it because you're starting to build. Remember, team members, the the team members fit into the right, you know, holes. You know, like the rolls, the holes, the the not a square peg in a round hole. It's the round peg in the round hole. You know, so it starts to become more fun because you're building confidence on that side. And then you're able to scale because you're ready for all these big opportunities and they all, they really go together. Right. Julie says stabilize equals perfect for the level you're on scale equals preparing for the next level with question marks. No, I would actually say stabilize isn't perfect for the level you're on. I would say stabilize is look at the business where you are and what you need to fix, right? Or what you need to establish in terms of what needs to happen to help your, I'm not going to say right But there's a lot of things that a lot of you are thinking, like, if I only had time to do this, if I could do that, right? Like, if there's certain things, because a lot of us just jump in two feet first into business and we're like, let's do this thing. But we don't necessarily think through, like, you know, we don't have like a huge amount of money that we're starting with that we're like bringing on a CFO and, you know, this business is established in the quote unquote right way. A lot of us are just like, we're going to do this. I'm going to wear all the, I'm going to wear all the hats. I'm going to do all the things. So when you're at certain levels and we talk about this too, like when you're working in your business or on your business. So when you're working on your business is usually in your slow times. And I think when you work on your business, that can be the time where you are stabilizing. Stabilizing. Because you're working on your business, right? You're getting to know the numbers. You're being the boss of your business. You do that in the slow months. You stabilize in slow months. Yeah. Stacy over here, which by the way, I woke up dreaming about you this morning. Stacy, Stacy is my life coach. And I was like, I have to book my appointments with her. Um, but she says, yes, in stabilize, you can make some real profit as well, which is true. Mm-hmm. Because what yeah. we teach is like, that's where you either you could save money, right? You're seeing holes in your business. You're seeing where maybe you're losing money or you're losing time that is money. Um, and then also when you're stabilizing, because you're maybe working on your margins or your profit and stuff like that, you can make some real money because then mm-hmm. there's, there's profit there, right? Because you will actually sometimes lose money in scale. You might be hiring a bunch of team members or you might be hiring a bunch of like experts or investing in your branding or repackaging, right? Or, or, or needing to go into a really big production. So it doesn't mean you're always more profitable in scale, but you are building into that next opportunity. Yeah. So there's two things here, right? So in your slow months, we want you to stabilize, just like what Jacqueline is saying, hire the people you need to, make sure everybody's in the right role, refining, polishing the edges, that sort of thing. Then in your busy months, you need to be scaling because you're throwing gasoline in that time, right? When you're busy, get people to buy more, show up more, be working, you know, you're just busier anyways, and you already know what your busy months are. So you're really just throwing gasoline and really making that snowball big. That way the back end is already taken care of because you stabilize in your slow mm-hmm. months. So you know that when you throw gasoline on something, you aren't having to like 
go, you know, quick sew a one piece dress together and ship it out the door, you know? Yeah. Maureen says I'm not stabilized. Okay. A couple things. We could take some, let's take some questions on stabilize and scale. If you guys have any questions on that. Um, I illusion lash says, okay, stabilize in the beginning. What would you say to that? I think that there is an assessment that always has to be made. So it, it's asking yourself that question. Am I in stabilize in the beginning? Cause I feel like I don't have the structure or I already have sales coming in, but I'm my own bottleneck would be a good question to ask yourself. But it's usually because you do have sales. If you're stabilizing first, you already have the sales and you just need to make sure things are, you know, good to go. Right. But and if you're, you're just launching, if you're just yeah. launching, you are kind of you're in stabilized. But you are well, because you don't need to stabilize yet. Not quite yet. Well, what I'm saying is like when they're very, very beginning, they need to pull all the stuff together, right? They need to find yeah. the product, the resource, like where they're yeah. sourcing from. Which, That's a very initial part. Surprise. I ha- you guys, Jacqueline and I love surprising each other with are you, all What these are you going to say? Are you, <laughs> what's happening? What's happening? I know. So this is role reversal here because you not, not know how many times Jacqueline's like, surprise. And I'm like, what are you going to say? Like, I'm going to announce something. No. Wait, wait. Um, so last night I was thinking about this very question because Jacqueline and I have been uh, working through this stabilized scale thing mm-hmm. and we, we're we like obsessed with all of you. We're obsessed with business. We love it so much. And I was like, but there's things that a business needs before they can decide if they are in stabilizer scale. And I came up with like our basically our core four of the things they need. And you're naming them off right now. Oh, I didn't know. But I haven't even told you. It's like we're one brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are one brain. So it is so funny because there's you have to get to a certain point in your business. One of the things we teach you in Bestseller Secrets Challenge is you have product and you're figuring out what your bestseller is. That's one of the things that you need is you actually need a product. So that's one of the four things that we help our masterminds with just to make sure, okay, you have these core things. Now let's figure out, okay, are you stabilizing? Are you scaling right now? Is it your slow months or is it your busy months? And we kind of work it through with you because you're making big decisions at that point. You know, hiring is no joke, for example. You know, also any business business development, even if it's you, even if you're not hiring, your mental and um, mindset around money, for example, and being aware of your numbers, that's sometimes one of the biggest things we tackle, Right is because you are your own bottleneck even when it comes to money, not just production. You have to really think about profit and what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, So we work through all those things. And so at the beginning, you just get to your first thousand true fans, let's say. Let's just let that Or what if it's like your first thousand dollars? Yeah, first thousand dollars. Yeah. And then we can figure out what stage you should be in. Right. So if you're just starting, but there is that idea of like, right, the initial foundation of your business, and then you are able to grow off of it. So once you know all the, you know, the product, you have the logo, you have the website, all those things, then you start to scale it, right? Then you start to sell it. And then you start to see what people are responding to and what sells. And then, um, and then it's the next part. So <laughs> prepped FW said, sometimes I feel mental doing all the things. And then over here, someone said, I, someone else says I'm my own bottleneck. So who feels like they're their own bottleneck? in their business. And if you are your own bottleneck, would you also let me know if you're a solopreneur, if you have a team, like just me or team, just curious about that. Because even as we grow and we have more team members as the leads in our teams, you know, like Mina and I are co-founders, like co-CEOs of our business. If we hold on too tight to certain things, we will continue to be the bottleneck. Like if there is a do Mm -hmm. something due today and we're on a bosses and breakfast and we can't, 
you know, give approvals on certain things or mm-hmm. I don't know, write an email, then there, there's going to be a bottleneck. So yeah, as you grow, you sure. start to see where your true role should be or like, and, and that's with privilege. Like you don't get to do that just yet. Um, but okay. I'm going to read some of these. So me solo, solo bottleneck, no team. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think that's the question. Let's, let's boil this down to two questions and you can only say yes to one. Well, how you are we going to know which one they say yes to one? <laughs> one is, are your own bottleneck? Two is if I just had more eyes on my business, I would make more sales. So we can, you can only pick one of those. So what do you want them to say? Bottleneck or eyes? So say, yeah, say eyes or bottleneck. Pick one. (laughs) You can't say yes to both. (laughs) That's, this is say, you know, this is where everybody's like, uh, it's like you're trying to do too many things at once. This is saying yes to both is doing too many things at once. So saying yes to two things. is So explain that then. So you know how we're like, you can do it all. You just can't do it all at once. That's very true. Mm -hmm. But when people say yes to both, it's, it's why they get overwhelmed because they're not just picking just one. Right. So so they're saying, yes, I'm the bottleneck. And yes, I need more eyes on my business. Explain them Uh the difference. Like why? So if you said bottleneck, you should focus on stabilize. If you said eyes, you should focus on scale. Okay. So what that means then is that if, if you're like, I just need more eyes, it means that you've got your production down. It means Mm -hmm. that you can fulfill all, it means Mm -hmm. you can fulfill all the order. What's a bottleneck? A bottleneck means that like, you're, you're the stopper, right? Like, Mm -hmm. like if you had like a flow, but then there's a bottleneck is when it comes like more narrow, right? And it's harder to get flow. Imagine trying to pour water in a Coke bottle and you're the bottleneck. That's like, Oh, it's stuck. And And then it starts to overflow. Right. Yeah. Okay. So what you're, what we're saying is if you're telling me like Candy Catlin Martin says she needs more eyes on her business, it means that if she got all of the traffic that she wanted, she could fulfill those orders. Mm-hmm. When I say easily, but with ease, right. Mm-hmm. It would work well if the machine was like the machine was working and she could fulfill it all. And you're like, I can do this. I can fill the orders. I can ship. I can, you know, scale if only the people saw me. And then bottleneck means like, you're like, it's overflowing. Mm-hmm. It means like the, they feel different pains, right? So if you're a, your own bottleneck, you're like, oh my gosh, if I have to ship one more package, if I have to, you know, mm-hmm. you're like literally in your own mess of things being chaotic and you're like, oh my gosh, I have to do this, this, and you know, everything's a mess everywhere. Your shipping station is probably crazy. Your inventory is probably everywhere. Your production is probably everywhere. Your team members don't know what they're doing. You're like, what the hell are my team members doing? You don't even know. It could just be you. You don't even know what to do. It could be contract people. You know, the, that's a different pain. That's when you know you're the bottom neck and you're like, oh my gosh, I need systems. I need to stabilize. I need to clean this all up. I need to polish my air. I need an actual workstation. I need to count my inventory, all those things. That's when you're the bottleneck. When you need to scale, it's a different pain because you're like, oh my gosh, I'm sitting here. I know how to make product. I think I do. At least you think you do. You know, you might not because you don't have sales coming in. And you're like, if only I could get more people looking at my business, then then I would make more sales. And then usually like when you start making sales, that's when you feel the other pain, right? The stabilizing because you don't ever really feel stabilized until you get a sales and you're like, oh, this, this is 
messed up. Like this is really inefficient. We had one masterminder that she was cutting out each shipping label and taping it on her packages. Now she didn't realize how inefficient that was until she started this scale. And then she was like, wow, cutting these out. 400 boxes to go out in a day. (laughs) She wasn't even using a paper cutter. It was literally scissors, you know, and see, somebody said, that's what I'm doing here, right? So until that she reached a certain point, then she actually didn't need to stabilize because the it wasn't draining. And we talk about the holes in your boat. You're not draining that much inefficiency until you have it sales to, you know, bring in. Right. So exactly. So then she's got 400 orders. She's like, I'm X amount of days behind. I'm getting these orders out. I have 400. I feel so overwhelmed because she got the eyes. She got the orders. She had the product. And then she realized, I cannot keep up. Right. Mm -hmm. And then what did she do? What is her first hire? She hired someone to help her with fulfillment, which David over here had said that's fulfillment is key to success. Yes. Because you can't get the product out. Sorry. You know, so, so she realized that was sold out and wink, wink, (laughs) not really sold out. We're sold out, (laughs) wink, wink, crying in your coffee because you can't make the sales. Um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So the thing is, is like David, who has a multimillion dollar business, he says he works with fulfillment company, which, you know, with Mina building on Amazon, Amazon is her fulfillment company. Some of you are your own fulfillment company and that's okay. I actually think, and we've talked about this. I actually think one of your first hires can be someone to help you fulfill and ship because that person doesn't have to be a expert. They just have to follow directions and be trained yeah. on something. Easiest hire. I will mm-hmm. tell you a uh, life change with COVID-19, right? I was very efficient, had Amazon. I have, I actually pack my own orders for like Zulily and that sort of thing, like bigger wholesale ones that are like subscription box. And on Mondays, I started doing my own shipping. And so started doing that. It's very inefficient, I got to say, but I didn't realize one thing, right? So my daughters were home from school during this time. And I was like, I just, you know, this is temporary. They, they literally left spring break in 2020, never went back to school. They'd just been virtual this whole time. And so on Monday, I I inadvertently started a tradition with her that we do shipping together. And so while I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so inefficient of me to have my five-year-old assistant. You guys, if you follow us on Instagram stories, you'll know she puts the stickers on. She loves it. She's very much a helper. So she always wants to do dishes, laundry, that sort of thing. And I realized that, you know what? She actually could just help me put on these stickers that tell people to tag us on Instagram onto these things. And it's perfect because she feels the reward at the end that she did a good day's hard work, that sort of thing. And so we do that on Mondays and it's inefficient. And that's because I know that I'll never have that opportunity with her in the future of probably getting those Mondays with her. And she enjoys saying if she's not a long-term hire, she's a short-term hire. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you have to really, as we're telling you these strategies and overall business developments and stuff, you have to make sure it's aligned with your life. So, you know, I, I can tell you that it would be a hard no as far as efficiency on Mondays, but it's a yes in that it aligns with my life and what I want it to look like with her being in the house right now. So mm-hmm. there's that realignment that happens with any strategy that you have of, okay, what does stabilize look like? What does scale look like? Because you can do all these actions and end up somewhere that you don't want to be. Brooke of Be Happy Design. She makes uh, beautiful knit hats. She's on the podcast for female founders. Um, she says math time because she she's world schooling her kids. They've sold all their stuff. 
there in a 42 foot RV. You can listen to her podcast. She said, so she homeschooled. So she's like math time equals shipping time, counting weight, ID numbers. Perfect. <laughs> I love Perfect it. Bosses for life. Alfred um, said, I need to have five kids, huh? Oh my gosh. That would be like the biggest holes in both. They are time sucks. Let me tell you. <laughs> There are legal things about that, you know, about getting the five-year-old multiple of them working on your stuff. No, um, but but that's the thing, right? Like what Mina's saying is you can make it fun. But I do think one of the first, that's one of the easiest parts. Now, listen, not printing out the shipping labels and things like that. So, but here's mm-hmm. the thing, right? There's the efficient parts that you can do. And Multi-Shoe Machine, we teach you about how to like work on shipping and how to save money and all those, um, you know, what systems to use, things like that. And when you start to implement those, they start to become things in your processes that are easy that can be retaught. So you can hire people, you can teach your 14-year-old daughter, you can teach your husband or your wife, you could start doing that if that's the case. And then what happens, you're like, oh, this is working. And that's usually when you guys want to blow it up, right? (laughs) You're like, this is working. I'm going to add a new product. I'm going to launch a whole new blah, blah, blah. I'm going to do this. That's usually the time where you all are like, this feels good. Now, what can I do to kind of mess this up, right? But so what we want to do, though, is as you're stabilizing, it's not saying not to take opportunities, but it's taking the right opportunities for your business that you can fulfill, that you can grow into, right? If we're in the middle of COVID times and you're doing it all yourself and you're doing it out of your house and you need to hire um, I know mm-hmm. Greg wants to hire, but he, you know, he's still social distancing like Mina and I, he doesn't want people in his house. So he has to figure yeah. out what's the next thing that I need to do. And we've been working with him on like, what parts of your business can you outsource? What parts can you scale with other people, right? Bringing on team members so that he can keep up with the amount of orders that he's getting. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I just, as you're thinking about this, um, <laughs> yeah, Ashley, mm-hmm. some people are like, we, again, no judgment, but we just... We're like, ooh, they feel really. Co- I mean, Stacy, if she's still watching, knows that I kind of do it sometimes in my life. I'm like, oh, this feels really good. I feel like I figured it out. Hey, yeah. Mina, let's do X. And she's like, hold on, because yeah. I live in scale mode, right? I live in future mm-hmm. dreaming of like what could be next. And then Mina's like, hold on, let's make sure we have the processes in place. Let's make sure that our team can keep up with it. Let's make sure that we have deadlines and timing on this so that we don't jump into something two feet first and then you know get overwhelmed or cry. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's because scale feels like a more creative, fun thing. I will yeah. tell you that, right? It, there's this instant gratification that happens in a scale that people show up on your social media. You get to chat with them. You get to connect with them. It feels really good. Um, but I will tell you, you need to find the fun and stabilize because that's where the business development happens. That's where the personal development happens. That's where the money mindset comes in. That's where the profitability, that's the the secret of it all is is getting a hand on that and finding the fun in that because your day-to-day life, your life is composed of your day-to-day things. Your day-to-day things are usually things that are put into that stabilized zone because you're shipping, you're hiring, you're working with a team, you're setting goals, you're visioning. And then the scaling parts is you're ready for these big opportunities. You're seeking out people, you're connecting with people. That happens as well. And it does feel better, but find the fun in business development because it is a really fun thing when you get to be more confident and it plays together. Um, So speaking of this, so one of the things that Mina and I have been doing is we've scaled so quickly. Mm -hmm. I'd say in the last six months, just, it was like a snowball and a bunch of things started happening for us that, I mean, we've been featured in Forbes. Like we went viral last year. 
the, our community has grown. There's just been so many things that have gone so fast and we had a small our team. Kids were home. <laughs> oh, yeah. Them. And the pandemic happened. <laughs> but it, things were moving really fast. Right? And we were like treading water. We were working. We were, I mean, I used, I remember driving from Iowa to South Dakota when I was um, on my road trip and we were launching the shop one and five pledge and the directory. And I used up all my hotspot data in the car at night, like texting and and researching mm-hmm. and writing the sales page. And we stayed up all night, like all these things that we did, right? It was bonkers. And that's because we were in scale and we started feeling like the hustle and treading water and like trying to just keep our heads above water. The whole team kind of crashed at some point. And what we realized is like, okay, we did this. We were growing really fast, but we Mm -hmm. can't sustain this. And so then we had to hire more team members. We had to kind of level out on what we were doing, but we had mm -hmm. And so what I've realized though, in the last couple of weeks is me and I really like, we kind of didn't slow down. (laughs) Yeah. We were dancing on that edge of burnout. Let me tell you, like we literally were like, I feel like I might burn out, but not sure. Keep going. Drink more coffee. (laughs) We'll do it. No. Um, so, but that's okay. But like we, you know, the thing is, is that we were going and going, right. We really didn't fully take off Christmas time and then January hit and we launched multi-stream machine and bestseller secrets challenge. And then it was over and we're like me, what's next? right? Scale. What's next? What are we going to do next? And we got caught up in that versus like, what do we need to do to stabilize? So we've, we've done that. Our team has expanded. We've grown like Mina and I are starting to pull things off of our plate because we could become our own bottleneck. But this is what we did in the last week. And I know Mina talked about this in Hot Tip Tuesday last week, but we decided to think about our days and we've really been working with our masterminders on what their days look like or where they're bucketing their time or how they're time blocking on what they do. Now, I do think that this certain levels of what I'm talking about comes with the privilege of of having a, a business that's successful and that we can we are able to pay a bunch of people to work for us. So those of you that are solopreneurs are like, how do I do this? Well, what we've taught is if you have a full-time job or a part-time job, you need to block your hours on what you do after work, at night, on weekends, you have to block like what needs to happen in your business. If you're a full-time product boss, you also block out your days. What we've decided to do is we've really started to try and figure out what hours we're going to put like as a container that we're working in. And our hours ended up being because I'm on the West Coast right now. I mean, essential time. One of our team members is East Coast. What we've started to do is we're like, okay, it's within these hours that we are front facing and that we're working. Obviously, if we have to go a little bit later on some days, we will. So when I'm talking about stabilizing and scaling and you're like, where's the fun? I took almost the whole day off yesterday with my son for his eighth birthday. I and I'm working today and I'm going to work within these hours and I know I'm not going super, super late. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm working till this time. And I'm starting to feel the fun. I'm starting to feel like a good mom again, because I'm actually seeing my children, um, you know, and I'm, and I'm like walking and I'm doing certain things like that. So that's the fun of being like, oh, we've set up the systems now we're stabilizing mm-hmm. and I'm actually not feeling as pulled or as stretched thin or as like dancing on the edge of the cliff. I'm actually feeling better about the th- that. And so I think that's what comes with stabilizing too, is that you start to feel better in- instead of feeling like that hustle mode, that go mode, that sort of like, I- I'm going to burn out. And so th- yeah. I-, I would tell you for me, that's something that we've been starting to establish over the last few weeks. And I'm starting to feel so much better. So it's fun, right? Because then I get to me and I get to walk and talk and do things and do other things and still enjoy our lives. I will tell you though, what? It, speaking of privilege, <laughs> it is the privilege of owning a service-based business. Mm-hmm. Having a product-based business is really hard. So if you need to batch your time or time block for making your product, you need to put that in as your non-negotiables first. 
Mm-hmm. So let's pretend it's you know I pour the candle on Mondays. I I don't I, I don't know. I realize I don't. We always know how talk to make about candles. candles. Yeah, let's talk um, about stringing jewelry. Okay, stringing jewelry. It could be you make on Mondays and Wednesdays and Fridays, for example. Or I don't even know the process of that. Is there you know like <laughs> what do you know the process of? <laughs> okay, because I manufacture right. So. On what I do on Mondays, the reason why I went back to shipping Mondays is because I need to assess in a time block on Mondays what will be shipped for the week. So by the end of the week on Friday, I know that these shipments were taken care of, right? And but the only reason for that for you is that you've got bigger bulk orders because yeah. it's not the orders that come in every day, but you're we're talking about bigger bulk orders that you know delivery dates on that, like wholesale. Right, but I do do our small orders on Mondays too. I like to have my finger on the pulse and that's what my daughter is putting stickers on is the individual so orders. So how do you well. do that? So if someone places an order on Wednesday or Friday, like when do you ship those? I do it like my husband usually helps me, but if he's okay. working, that's why I give the buffer of one to three days okay. is because he usually has a day off in one of those times. And so he's like the default person, but on Mondays I am, you mm-hmm. know, and then I fulfill like if we have Zulily going on or if we have um, a subscription box or whatever it is, plus the individual orders. That was what you saw her doing on the um, Instagram stories was she was putting stickers on the individual orders. And so it just helps me gather my thoughts for the week, right? Mondays, I know these shipments are going out because it's a physical product business. And by the end of the week, I know these were shipped out, right? And I know who it's going to. And it always gives me a reset on Mondays. I do that intentionally and my daughter helps me, right? And I kind of do it because I enjoy the time with her, but she has school on Mondays as well. So she's just helping me after um, 3 p.m. Central Time. So have that time block. We also do the same thing for the product boss. We reset on Mondays with our team what's going to happen this week and what is the kind of the running theme of what Jacqueline and I are going to be talking about, for example. Like this week, we actually have an unboxing we have to do for FabFitFun, for example, right? Next week, we actually have a virtual summit that we're in that we're moderating a panel. Examples like that, right? Like what's happening that we're talking about. And, and then for a product-based business, it might be your marketing. What are you talking about? Do you have a big promotion coming up? What does that look like? So really thinking about the days and what you do. And maybe go back to the hot tip Tuesday that I sent out last week. That was about the days. Mondays, in that case, were the same for me. It was shipping and reassessing what goes out. Tuesday was um, social media day, figuring out what your content what content is going out. Wednesdays was um, making big connections, doing outreach, that sort of thing. Thursdays was whatever, implementing something of those three buckets. And then Friday was overflow day because you get to be creative. You could go on walks. You could um, have shiny object syndrome and save it for Fridays. And that's when you get to play around with new products or whatever. Because creativity is really key for problem solving as well. And we're kind of harnessing it to only Fridays. So that was an example that I gave. But if you're a maker and you're doing all the things, you may Uh realize that every day you need two hours to do some sort of component of like making of your business, right? Like, you know, your stages and maybe every day there's two hours that you need to ship. The one thing I will tell you about shipping, especially small businesses is what we've told a lot of our masterminders is don't ship every day. You may Mm -hmm. feel like you need to ship every day, but don't, if you have on your website, you know, in your terms and conditions, like, um, orders are fulfilled, like fulfilled within two business days 
for example, if you can do it sooner, great. But if not, you can give yourself that time. So then that way, maybe you do shipping Monday, Wednesday, Friday as a smaller business. Now, the bigger you get, that's when you start to hire team members. You can ship every day that turns into someone's full-time job, but you don't have, I'm going to tell you, you don't have to ship every day. You can still have a fulfillment time. We can't all compete with Amazon. So there's certain things you're going to have to do every day, but then the focus part, what Mina's talking about on whether you're going to work on your systems or whether you're going to work on your social media, your visibility and things like that, that's something that you may not also work on every single day. So yeah, so as you're thinking about that, um, tomorrow we actually work on time blocking. We do work on time blocking with our masterminders. So as you're starting to like think about whether masterminds are right for you, we're going to be opening up a program in a couple months. In a month? In a month? I don't know. What day is it? (laughs) February and March. Um, So, so as you're starting to think about this, like this is something that when we get, we kind of like Annika was talking about certain things, like when we start to dig in and start to work um, more closely, this is something that we can help assess. And I know that's great. And so if you're on our email list, get on our email list, listen to the podcast, join us for these bosses and breakfast. We're like certain things we talk about that we don't, you know, talk about on the podcast all the time. But we talk about similar things. In masterminds, mm-hmm. we actually make big decisions. We're implementing together a lot of times and we're talking about certain things and we're going more in depth. So I do think that, you know, when we all think about like an idea, the thing that really matters is you implementing, making decisions on it, right? When we talk mm-hmm. to Susie Weiss-Fishman, she said that her biggest superpower was making decisions, I mean, she who sold it for billions of dollars, you know, said that Mm -hmm. that was her superpower. So really being able to like make decisions on this big idea, because I know a lot of you are saying, you know, I'm so bad with shiny object syndrome and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. It's not it's it's saving the real decision making for something that you know is needle moving in your business. You know, Mm -hmm. it's okay if you have a shiny object syndrome, play around with that, use that, right? get that um, muscle working as far as decision-making in in that creativity and all those things. But you have to really dial it down to what's needle moving for your business in those other days. Yeah. So stick with us. Um, Tamara says, OMG, sign me up for the mastermind. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and turn tickety. So we actually have something new coming out. We're not fully announcing it yet. It's going to look a little bit different because someone was asking how the what the levels of the mastermind groups are. It's going to be a bit different um, than things we've been doing. So if you're really interested in knowing more about the mastermind, send us a DM on Instagram at the product boss. Um, and we can kind of get you on a little bit of a wait list because there's uh, super limited spots. Um, priorities usually go out to multi-stream machine students first and then and then uh, to our whole list. But we'd love to chat with you about that also offline. So so um, I hope this was helpful. We covered a lot. It went from what we're wearing in brand colors to how to think <laughs> about stable. One last thing before we go. We created this podcast as a reminder that you are not alone. Growing a product-based business is hard and we want to help you through it. So thank you so much for listening because we truly appreciate it. We do appreciate it. And we want to give a special shout out to all of you that have left us a positive review. Thank you. Mina and I read every single one of them, including this one from Ashley of Ever After Baby. It says, the Product Boss Podcast has so many episodes on so many topics and the info and insight is so relevant to my product business. That being said, 
it it there's some like mess ups in this po- it's so it's apostrophe yeah yeah um, <laughs> it's far from stale and boring Jack and Amina are personable funny and well spoken so each episode feels like a chat over coffee they are my go-to coaches and my business is more profitable because of them. Well, thank you, Ashley from Ever After Baby. She is such an important person in our community. She makes incredible baby products if you're into mm-hmm. it. So Ashley, thank you for leaving, leaving that review. It really helps us reach more small businesses, which is our mission. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ashley. And we, the fueling is mutual. You are also personal, funny, and well-spoken, and we love kind of chatting over coffee with you. Well, friends, I hope you had as much fun as we did. If you want to hang out with us live, join us every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern over at our Facebook page or Instagram. And if you want to hear the whole show, click on the link in our show notes and we'll see you over there. This episode is brought to you by the shop one in five pledge. We believe that when you purchase from a small online or offline business, your dollar goes further. Hey friends, Mina and I created the Shop 1 in 5 Pledge, and we're inviting you to take the pledge with us. It's a commitment to make one in five of your purchases from a small business, online or offline. It's a way to make an impact together where and when it matters most. Because the truth is, your purchasing power matters now more than ever. We're inviting you to take the pledge if you head to shop one in 5 The link is in the show notes. And when you get there, please make sure to share the pledge with your friends, your family, and your customers. Let's invite everyone to take the Shop 1 in 5 pledge so that we can all use our purchasing power to change lives.